Hey there, it's Lacey J from Space Bear Media, the makers of Lost in My 40s. Did you know that you can go to spacebearmedia.com right now to access all our content, including our weekly video pre-shows where your hosts ponder ethical questions related to the week's episode and answer some fun questions just for, well, fun. Speaking of fun, if you have it, thanks to our content, please consider rating or reviewing Lost in My 40s on your favorite app or recommend us to a friend who loves Lost. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Lost in my 40s, season two, episode 13. It's another Sawyer one. This week, Christy's going to give it to us. And first, you think I'm going to say, Ben, give us the power rankings, but I'm going to slip something else in there today. Uh, If you guys at home listening and you're not watching our pre-shows, could you fucking stop it and just go there and do that? shame. (laughs) (laughs) Look, there's all kinds of fun things going on in in the pre-shows. They were a little wonky in season one. We've gotten better in season two. They're a whole lot more fun, more of a format. And uh, we talk about ethical questions. We talk about hilarious, fun questions, um, you know, about, like, what kind of liquids you might want to lactate. You guys missed that in season one. Um, And I'm just saying, like, they're fun. We make corrections. We chat about current events. Just come to the fucking pre-shows. I don't know what else to tell you. All right, Ben? Could you please tell us where our power rankings ended uh, last week? Yes, I will, and I and I won't abuse our listeners as as you just did. Um, <laughs> so like we, we left off. We left off with with Mister Echo in a in a commanding lead uh, with 114 points. His closest closest competitor is Locke with 63 points, and then it's another big gap um, back to Kate with 37. It was in third place. The bottom wow. of the barrel. Is uh, it's a little tighter every other I, character? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, basically every other character. Sort of, we somehow we managed to still have uh, Charlie actually in the bottom of the barrel. So that's that's one of the first times that I think we've seen him. He's been in yeah. the bottom three before, but I don't think we've ever seen him at the at the at bottom, the very bottom, bottom. No, yeah, no. But that's so, what baby napping does to you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ba- yeah. exactly, and. uh <laughs> Just behind him in second place is Randy, 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 douchebag nation. Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, Mr. Koopa in third. All righty. One more thing before we get started. I just want to say thanks again to Ado and Dave for being here with us last week. That was an absolutely wild, fun episode. Um, and sneak preview guys it's got me uh with some ideas for season three so hang in there because uh more to come on lost in my 40s but we will be recording on location in ireland (laughs) that would be nice (laughs) well actually (laughs) they i I guess they don't have to invite us (laughs) no listen christy tell us about sawyer and his long con 
<laughs> Are you okay? All right, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, we are at day 57 on the island. Um, and the episode opens up in the hatch. Um, Jack and Locke are taking guns from the Halliburton case and putting them into the vault. Um, there's a bunch of Virgin Mary statues up in there. Um <laughs> Up in there. And it's funny because Jack's like, well, should we just, you know, keep them, keep the heroin in the statues or take it out? And Locke's yep. like, I'm superstitious. If you yeah. want to break seven Virgin Marys, you go right ahead. Oh, I would do it. Yeah, I would. I would do the heroin. I am trapped oh. on a fucking <laughs> island. You yeah, better believe matter? I am going to be chasing the dragon all over the fucking place. What the hell else do I have to do? <laughs> Survive. Well, Locke has also changed <laughs> the combination <laughs> to the vault. Um, and Jack asks Locke for the combination. Locke says, I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're asking me because you're worried that I might fall off a cliff or something. <laughs> that it would be irresponsible for just one of us to have access to this room. Sorry, my screen just went blank. Oh, oh well, the rest of that Oops. sentence is <laughs> rather than this being an issue of trust. Yeah, I, got, I love uh, this several, scene. Several, several well, things well, Chris, to say here about okay. this. You go right ahead. First off, Locke, you know people fall off cliffs, and you may soon be a sacrifice that the island demands. That's uh oh, one. perhaps. Two, uh, it, yeah. it doesn't matter the reason. That he wants this, whether he trusts you or not, or whether or not you think he's going to fall off a fucking cliff. A single point of failure for having all of the heroin and all of the drugs in a locker. It's not acceptable to have one person who knows that. It's just no. Not of course, it's stupid. Of course, it's stupid. But the but the point of this line isn't isn't to ignore those kinds of things. It's just to annoy the fuck out of Jack. Yeah, that's what I mean, he's doing. He's They're just being a smart like, This part of this season is very much like like Locke and uh, and Jack. Man of science, man of, of like faith. Going at it. Oh, yeah. 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 dick is bigger. Yeah. Right. Pissing contest. Which one do you think? Yeah. Which one do you think? You think, you think Locke's hung like a horse? I uh, imagine I think, it so, yeah. 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 I think Jack's mm -hmm. bigger. Do you? Really? Yeah. It would, it would, I mean, it would make sense. He's kind of the golden boy. He's probably walking around with a big old giant schlong, too. Yeah. Might be why probably. Christian's jealous. <laughs> you're yeah. you're a better man than me, Jack. <laughs> Damn it, Probably son. Sawyer's jealous. Sawyer's, Sawyer's like operating with a with a tootsie roll down there. Yeah, two inches. Oh, no, he's not. No, excuse well, we'll me. We'll talk about that more in the next paragraph. <laughs> All right, Christie's your screen back. Yes. Okay. Um, so anyway, Locke and Jack agree that they should both know the combination, and neither one will open the vault without consulting the other one. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Locke then suggests that Jack should probably lock up the medication as well. Um, Jack asks why, and then the scene cuts to Sawyer. Before we cut to Sawyer, I just can I just say I, I don't know what it is. No. Every scene with Jack and Locke in season two just makes me wet. I just I can't stop. Oh. I have um, to look mm. ahead. I might have had a threesome with those two again today. I can't remember. I'm so annoyed oh. by the two of them. <laughs> I love it. I love their dynamic. I love the way that they're so passive aggressive with each other. I find it 
hilarious, but I it find makes me so uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, neither of them really make it. In, neither of them really make it into my top three when they're like this. I'm always just like, oh, okay, no? so you guys, you guys together this way are sort of useless. Um, no, I love it, yeah. Derek. They make yeah. you wet too. Yes, at least the front of my pants. <laughs> no, yeah, that's After just, you minutes. just drank, you just drank too much and pissed yourself. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <sighs> All right. <sighs> Okay, so we have Sawyer walking back up from the ocean on the beach uh, from swimming. But this time he's wearing his boxers instead of going commando. Maybe maybe he was a little embarrassed when Kate saw him walking out from the cold ocean. Yeah, with his ear. Oh, yeah. Then it's yeah. Yeah, cold. Yeah, the yeah. water was cold. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I was in the pool. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> This is this is why I work shrinkage, on my chest so much. Him, tell her about shrinkage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and kids, watch Seinfeld. You'll understand. Kids, um, watch Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> kids. Right. So Jesus. anyhow, Sawyer's coming up from uh, from taking a swim, and he sees Charlie setting up a campsite. And Sawyer just is such a dick sometimes, and he's like, "Well, well." Now look who had to relocate to the suburbs. I mean, come um, on, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's ignoring him. Sawyer continues about how Claire got to keep the house and how, you know, <laughs> making Locke hit him, you know, getting Locke to hit him was like getting Gandhi to beat his kids. <laughs> that's um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, Charlie's trying to ignore him, but instead he just points out, you know, we'll, we'll, Sawyer Jack's ransacking your tent right now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And Sawyer's like, what the hell? Um, So he goes running up and he's like, you know, what the hell are you doing? Jack accuses Sawyer of taking things from the hatch. Um, Sawyer's like, no, I was just taking back my stuff. You guys took it from me when I left the island. Um, You know, now that he's back, he's just taking his stuff back. And Jack's like, you know what? The medicine belongs to all of us. Um, Sawyer says, you don't want to do this. And then Jack questions whether Sawyer is threatening him. And Sawyer says, last chance, Doc. And Jack walks away with the medicine. Last and then chance, we get Doc. the lost title screen. And like at this point, I'm thinking, oh, really? What are you going to do, Sawyer? And then the rest of the episode answers that question. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's pretty wild, Brad. Uh, um, yeah. So flashback number one, Sawyer is in bed with a brunette. Um, he, he pulls Joni stunt um, and he's like, you know, I'm late for an appointment, jumps up, grabs the suitcase, accidentally opens, money falls out. And the woman is like, are you serious? You know, she's like, you, you just happen to have a suitcase full of money, which just happens to have a broken lock. It's pretty um, great. Can we stop yeah, for a second, then, though, and talk about yeah. how this is Joni Stubbs? We can. From Deadwood. We can. Yeah, I mean, the I mean her, Kim, the, her real name is what? Kim Dickens. Kim Dickens. Yeah, I, I never <laughs> saw Deadwood. Dickens. Oh my Got god! Either. Never, she was what? in. She was in. That, I haven't that, seen it either. That uh, the second Walking Dead show too, the Fear the Walking Dead. She was in that one. Oh, yeah, she was. I couldn't yeah. even get through a half a season of that. I show. saw. I, the, I watched. Two uh, two seasons and I got gave up on yeah, it. Yeah, I was kind of the same way. I didn't really get into it. When they but, were on that damn but, yacht forever. But Deadwood, okay, well, Deadwood is is my favorite show of all time. Yeah, so it's hard I was just going to say, okay, don't have to watch be, it then. don't be shocked when Space Bear Media does a Deadwood podcast because <laughs> oh, that's God. 
See, <laughs> now I'm wet. Is it is it complete? Like is the whole series complete? Oh yeah, yeah. It's oh, only three. Well, it was it's only yeah, three seasons. Se- yeah, this, okay. it's only three seasons. It was canceled, um, unfortunately, by HBO. So it never has a resolution. Then it's one of those. Yes and no. Yes if, and no. And I they mean, do D- have the, David, the film now. The movie was, came out a couple of years uh, ago. Where it they was written by some David Milch, and like David Milch is one of my favorite writers. And even if they had given him. 10 seasons it probably would not have really resolved he's not big on yes, resolution it's not a resolve uh, okay. kind of thing it's it's like anything that he writes is just sort of a, a, a capture a moment in time yeah just a moment in time there's no beginning no end necessarily uh but it's a great show and um she this actress kim dickens plays Joni stubbs who is like the head prostitute in charge basically yeah. uh and it's in in one of the saloons and it's a great role and she's awesome so cool. continue she plays a madam in um sons of anarchy she's oh, really? a madam in this one yeah basically and yeah, yeah she's, i mean essentially she's that's not, what she's a madam well she's not a yeah. madam because she doesn't own well actually that's not true that's right she opens her own whorehouse in, in the course yeah. of the show and becomes a madam as opposed to mm. See, now, now you're giving away saloon. now you're giving away spoilers oh to you're right that's Spoiler, it. Ruined it. don't even can't watch can't don't shit. just forget it yeah. <laughs> completely worthless right all right fuck so anywho uh in this show she's telling sawyer that he is an idiot for trying to pull one over on her yeah she she can she's pointing out the con she's like you know this is how you were going to, you know, execute it and everything. And he's like, look, you got me. Good for you. No harm, no foul. Um, she's like, you should have done your homework. You know, I didn't get anything in the divorce. But then she's like, I want you to show me what you do. She wants him to train her to how to be a con man. Um, and she's really seductive con person. about it. Yeah. Con yeah. Person. Showing. Yeah. I, this has got to be, Sawyer's got to be like, what? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. If I was him, I would have been suspicious. You know, the first time I saw this, I thought she was an undercover agent. She was going to oh. bust him later on. That's what I, I thought, mm. that that she was like a cop or something, and she was entrapping him. But, but did the not. cops actually fuck their people they're trapping? I mean, I guess so. On Some, some must <laughs> if you're undercover. I know they do drugs and stuff like that. You, like, you have to when you're undercover narc and, and stuff, right? On South Park, know. they do. Oh, yeah. well, then they, obviously that's reality. <laughs> yeah, I used to think that if you asked a prostitute if she was a cop, that if she had had to say yes, but that's actually false. Yeah, that's a lie. That's Hollywood stuff. So, yeah, yeah anyways. Glad none of them were cops. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> 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 Nothing wrong with going to a prostitute. Those people no, are no, no, fucking no. heroes. <laughs> All right. Just to ride down Harry Hines Boulevard. That's where they are. Mm-hmm. They pull up uh, next is that to you in Dallas? and say, hey, boys, you need a date? Oh, I try. I tried to get Ben to go into a hooker with me. I shouldn't even say that. I think that's go outdated. Into term. a hooker? No, go into I, well, dodge, yes, but like no. Head first. When, we were, on in. when we were in Amsterdam, I wanted to go in one of the windows. I wanted to know what it would be I like did. inside. I didn't actually get the service, but I went in there. She pulled oh, me did. in there. Yeah. Oh, wow. really? Yeah. Well, she, goes, to, she told to me, talk. she goes, 50, 50 euros, which was about 80 bucks back then. And I go, mm-hmm. for what? And she goes, everything. I'm like, holy crap. Wow. Reasonable. Reasonable. I tried. <laughs> I tried to get better. Yeah, yeah. He wouldn't. Well, here's now, hundreds. 
next time we go, I'm going to I'm going to see to. a I prostitute. Have. We just didn't have enough time. Well, I didn't need much time. Probably need two minutes if that. <laughs> <laughs> she was hot. I mean, she was really hot. That's like why Eastern it's only European. 80. Oh, yeah. That's why it's yeah. only 80 euros. <laughs> yeah, there's two exactly. strokes and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, they're on the metric system over there, you know. You're right. What? <laughs> All right. Fuck. Sorry, guys. We can keep going now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, um, you know, back in on the island, Sawyer is putting his his tent back together since it's all been ransacked. Um, and Kate walks by and she's like, I like what you've done with the place. Um, he tells her that the maid has the day off. Um, and she mentions that Jack took Sawyer's pain pills. And he said, well, that's just one less Christmas card I'll have to send this year. I can't take um, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she tosses him, uh, him a magazine called Elegant. Um, that's clearly from the seventies and she tells him that it's from the hatch and you know, it's just to cheer you up. And he's like, well, I need you to read it to me because I lost my glasses. So she sits down and she starts to read 10 ways this, to tell if he's a sensitive man. <laughs> this scene's pretty cute. Actually. I like their chemistry. The actors are, are great together in this scene. Yeah. But then Sawyer gets gross um, well, that's what Locke Sawyer does. By and that's he Sawyer, says hello. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Sawyer implies that Locke is doing Claire. And Kate's like, no, <laughs> she asked him to sleep nearby. Not everyone is like you, Sawyer. Um, and then he mentions Jack and Anna Lucia's revolution and how he wasn't invited. He and calls Kate, them El Jacko and Anna Lulu. Does he? Oh, El yeah. Jacko. <laughs> El Jacko. Jacko and Anna Lulu. I'm not sure why, oh but God. that's the that's yeah, the nickname. Yeah. yeah, he was having a bad morning with the nicknames. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Slacking. Yeah. So he mentions their revolution and how he wasn't invited, and Kate looks confused. And Sawyer says, "What? You didn't hear about their little army? I guess I'm not the only one on the outs with the dock." Uh oh. Yep. Uh, Stirring the shit. <laughs> yeah. So the next scene, we've got Saeed shucking coconuts on a steak, and he is like taking out all of his rage on these coconuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Her, good. No, I was just saying, yeah, like in his so, head, yeah. I can I can hear him just like Shannon. Why? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hurley comes up behind him and he's like, hey, you're going to put the lime in the coconut, drink them both up. <laughs> and Saeed is like, go away. You know, go he, away. Says, he says, what do you want, Hurley? Hurley tells him that Bernard picked up Boone's signal in the Norwegian plane. Nigerian. Norwegian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Saeed corrects him and says Nigerian. Um, oh, and then, yeah. You know, the Norwegians and the Nigerians, very close Close yeah, related yeah. countries. It's like the same thing. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hurley presents Saeed with the radio that uh, Bernard had. Saeed is underwhelmed and he's actually really kind of rude to Hurley. You know, he's like a little glorified walkie talkie. Uh, and Hurley's like, well, you know, can't you switch the blue wire with the red wire and make it stronger? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Hurley. Yeah. Saeed's like, no, that's a waste of time. And Hurley's like, I'm just trying to cheer you up. And Saeed is like, I don't need it. So, <laughs> and this this Hurley's is this like, reminds this, this reminds me of the scene where, where Hurley was out there with with Jin, and he'd brought the the uh, the fishing poles out, and Jin was like hitting mm-hmm. rocks with a with a golf club or something. He's like, Hey, dude, let's mm-hmm. go fishing or whatever. And 
It's mm-hmm. the same kind of deal. He's just he's just trying to make people feel better. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 you the know, mayor. The mayor of Island Town. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. True that. Fun time Hurley. Um <laughs> So, you know, Hurley's like, all right, whatever. I'm walking away. But then he did leave the radio sitting there for Saeed. Um, and I've got to say got something. In- get back to fixing things, Saeed. Yeah. Just yeah. get back. to has gone. gone. Become <laughs> useful again. Gone. Gone. Yeah. Like, let's, let's move over. on with it. <laughs> Goodbye, bitch. Get to work, Aww, Saeed. Come on. At the end, Aww. she was not a bitch. Aww. Nope. No, she was dead, so she couldn't be one. Oh. <laughs> Man. Damn. So speaking of bitches, Anna Lucia is catching up oh. with Jack in the jungle. She is not a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take some of that. I don't like the character. <laughs> So he's, she asks him if he got the combination from Locke and Jack is like, yeah, I did. And Anna says, nice. I didn't think it would be that easy convincing your pal to give it up. That's the nice thing about you people. You're not scared enough. Um, uh, kind of on like, her you know, side I, there. Kind, kind of on her side there because the, the back enders went through some more rough stuff than the originals. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. I mean, they they haven't been as threatened i mean ethan yeah. was trying to you know kill them all one by one and broke every bone in that man's body yeah yeah so she's talking about you know their little army and she's like i don't think that we're getting anybody to join because everybody here thinks they're safe and jack is like uh no no one here thinks that they're safe um so jack's kind of walking away from her and she asks him for the combination and he kind of gives her a look and she's like oh, i'm just kidding um no she was not kidding no No, of course not um so now we've got sun working in her garden um once again wearing white clothes (laughs) yeah she's always wearing like white white jeans or whatever when she's on her knees in the garden somehow they're always white well that way you know jen can tell her to go wash up and she can show her boobies to michael oh that's true that's true oh <laughs> Where is Michael, by the way? I don't feel like I've seen him. He ran off. He's to wandering go for around. Walt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. He Walt. took off. He, <laughs> he took off after Walt. he read Walt. something on the computer screen that none of us could yep. see. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. And then he got up. Carl, and he took off. <laughs> I wonder if he had. I wonder if he just had some, some some sort of other acting engagement during this period. Could be. I, I think we told you we started watching rewatching The Walking Dead because uh, we hadn't made it past like season three or four or something the first time yeah. we tried to watch it. But we make fun of it. We say Carl so many times on this podcast. We just kind of started rewatching it. And now, even if the scene is horrible and zombies are eating people, the second somebody says Carl, we just bust up laughing. Yeah. It doesn't matter <laughs> what's happening on the screen. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch it once it's over because I quit around season seven, I think. Yeah, so we're in we're in like season five or something at this point. Well, by the time this airs, who knows? We'll be done with it. But yeah. it's we can already see it's getting repetitive in season yeah. five or six. But I'm committed. I'm yeah. committed to getting through yep. it this time. So, anywho, sun's in the garden in her white pants. White pants. Yep, down on her knees. Um, Whoa. <laughs> Giggity. I'll take her there. 
<laughs> she's, she starts uh, hearing rustling in the jungle and ominous music is playing. Um, her face looks a little bit alarmed. And then here comes Vincent bounding out. Um, she's like, oh, Vincent, what are you doing here? She's clearly relieved that it's only the dog. Um, and you know what? I know Vincent is kind of chubby for a dog yeah, that's is. running around on yeah, a deserted is. island. Yeah, um, probably eating all the boars. Yeah. He's probably he's still also snacking not on the, lef- the leftovers of the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's also not a he. I don't right. know if you can ever it's see it, but it's, it is. Yeah, it is a female dog. Uh. A fat female dog. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Vincent runs off again. Um, the sky starts to roar and it just opens up and pours down on sun. I love rain like suddenly, that. Yeah. Tropical rain like um, that when the sky just opens. I fucking love it. Yeah. It's yep. pretty great. So um, suddenly a bag is covering her head. Um, her wrists are quickly bound. She's kicking and, and screaming and she's dragged away into the jungle. Um, we have Sawyer and Kate sitting outside of Sawyer's tent. He scrambles to get underneath the tarp uh, when the rain starts. And he's like, Freckles, come on. And she says, I like the rain. But he drags her under the tarp and then they hear screaming. And Kate says, that's Sun. So the two of them take off running. Um, Sun is found unconscious on the ground, bound, but no bag on her head. Um, and Kate's like, you know, she's breathing. Sawyer screams at her to go and get Jack. <clears throat> so Kate runs off to find Jack. And Sawyer carries Sun back to camp. Locke is there. And um, Sawyer carries Sun to her tent. A crowd starts to form around the tent. Jack arrives and wants to know if she was conscious at all. Um, Sawyer's like, no. And then here comes Jin running over screaming in Korean. Jack tells Jin that son's going to be okay, but he needs to let Jack take care of her right now. Um, I guess Jin understood that. I don't know. Sawyer and his, Kate his understanding Jack, of English seems to be very, very convenient. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I also think, I mean, by this time he must be picking up some stuff here and there and then maybe deciphering through tone of voice body language. I think I yes. could figure out if somebody was telling me to chill the fuck out while I was doing something. That's probably yeah, just how with, most of you his, know, hand signals yeah. and, you know, yeah. talking with yeah, hands a little bit. You're also right, Ben. Like there are some times where where like I didn't he had a whole conversation with Mr. Echo in the jungle where yeah. it, they seem to understand each other. Yeah. He's he's kind of like Stewie from Family Guy, where like yeah, yeah, sometimes exactly. <laughs> there's an understanding and sometimes there's not, just sort of depending on the situation. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Well, I mean, with with Echo, it's it's clear that he 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 understands Norwegian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sawyer tells Kate. Uh, Sawyer and Kate tell Jack that they heard her scream and they found her out cold with her hands tied. Um, and Jack's like, "What do you mean with her hands tied?" And Anna Lucia says, Her hands were tied. They're back. <laughs> they're <laughs> Not back. quite in that tone, but you know, that's what I. That's the what others I are yeah. poltergeists now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go to the light, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have Locke, Jack, Anna, Kate, and Sawyer all in a circle on the beach arguing about what happened to Sun. Um, and he's like, you know, Locke says, they told us they would leave us alone. Um, and well, John, 
it looks like they broke their promise. Josh snaps. Um, <laughs> There's me. I'm getting, I'm juicy again. I'm, I can't, I love it. They're so silly. It's ridiculous. You like it when Jack calls him John. Oh, I do. <laughs> um, so Locke's like, you know, we really don't know what happened. And Jack doesn't seem to care. Um, Anna wants to go take a look around the garden with guns. Locke is like, we're more likely to shoot each other. Um, Which is, um, uh, hello. Like, the, he says that they're all standing in a circle. And she's like, oh, I want a gun. And he just mentions casually, no, we're more likely to shoot each other. Like, member, Anna Lucia, that time uh-huh. that you killed someone. Yeah. Remember well, how that one happened? of the things, um, speaking of Jin understanding things, when they were all in the tent with Sun and she's knocked out, he starts saying gun. Gun, gun, gun. yeah. Gun. gun. Well, that, I, that, so. I think that happens in a second, actually. Or it's a different oh, okay. scene. Yeah. But yes. Either way, yeah. Um, so Jack is like, you know, let's wait until Sun wakes up so that she can tell us what happened um, and then we'll do something about it. And Locke's like, you know, that sounds like a plan. Everybody walks away. And, you know, Kate and Sawyer are just kind of staring at each other on the beach. So they're now walking through the jungle. And Kate tells Sawyer that the others don't usually leave a trail. Sawyer's suspicious about what happened. And he's like, it would be impossible for Sun to have gotten away. Like, she doesn't weigh 100 pounds soaking wet. Um, Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like the only thing she could possibly get away from would be a hobbit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Mm. Interesting. But then Kate's like, you know, it is possible. If she felt like she was fighting for her life, you know, whatever. Sometimes women can overpower people, but most of the time not. I Um, I think adrenaline can make you stronger. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So... Sawyer then sees the hood that was used on Sun hanging from a branch. And Kate's like, that's like the same one that they put on me. Um, But Sawyer notices several details are different. Um, You know, it's like, like maybe somebody tried to make it look like it was the others. Right. Um, Yeah. Mm. And we skipped over the one part where Kate, or sorry, but Sawyer, after he's talking about Sun only weighing a hundred pounds, he says that uh, if, she and Kate were in a hot oil death match, whatever the fuck that is. That Kate, <laughs> his hot. money, his money is on Kate, and Kate's like, "Well, you know, thanks for your vote of confidence." Now I'm wondering why. I, I spoiler alert, Derek, but there is no hot oil death match in any of the six seasons. It's very upsetting. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit I quit. I'm done. I'm not watching anymore. Okay. Yeah. He's like, "Shit, that was my my remaining question at the end yeah. of the yes, episode. That was my biggest." question when is the hot oil death match i watched right. this yeah. entire show with a uh with thing of lotion waiting for that scene and it never oh happened. my god <laughs> oh damn it i got like six year blue balls oh, <laughs> all right balls. wow so yeah kate is like you know i don't think that any of of us would go after sun and sawyer says they might if the goal was to con them and to join in an army Oh, yeah. Mm. So flashback number two, Sawyer is writing $1,299 and $1,399 onto some price tags uh, that are attached to some necklaces. Cassidy, the brunette from the first flashback, she's like, those chains are junk. And he says, they won't be looking at the necklaces, only the price tag. 
She starts he calls to her worry. dimples. He huh? calls her what? He he calls what? her dimples. Oh yeah, oh, you're dimples. right. He does. Oh. He's got freckles, yeah. dimples. So you know, this is obviously mm-hmm. his his term of endearment. He picks out a facial feature and just focuses on. Oh, that. I'm both. I have freckles and dimples. So do I. Yeah. Well, mm. then right. you're so. frimples. Yeah, frimples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Frimples. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Frimples. All right. So Cassidy starts to, you know, hem and haw a little bit. She's like, you know, what if we get caught? He's like, we won't. Um, Sawyer puts a Band-Aid over his nose and he tells her the only thing anyone will remember to tell the cops is that a guy that looked like he'd been in a bar fight was there. Um, So she's like, you know, I'm a little bit scared. And he said, everybody's scared. And the thing they're scared about is missing an opportunity. Wow. So Sawyer walks up. It to just some shows men. you like, but that, that mentality and especially it is that mentality in the United States, right? He's not wrong. Like that's how right. one of no, the ways it could be so easy to con somebody is because especially in this American culture where everybody's worried about not having the newest and the best, getting the best deal, missing that opportunity. That's like, it's that shit is drilled right. into us. And it I just mean, shows a you guy that con pretty much half the country. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mean the ex-president? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the orange, the orange guy. The, the that orange guy. guy. Yeah. But it just yeah. it like it shows you how that can leave you open to easy manipulation if you have that mindset. Yeah. You know, you, you're trying to focus this on on the United States. I think this is a this is this is a human thing. universal. I don't human disagree. Thing, yes. No, I I don't I don't disagree that it's not. I mean, it's how many Nigerian lotteries have you won? Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> Norwegian. <laughs> I'm just exactly. saying there. There are other cultures that that I think would be less susceptible to such a message, and and ours I think is more susceptible. Look, but I one time say I went to Mexico, only. the Weva Laredo, and some guy sold me a Rolex for twenty bucks. Man, it was great. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he had to feed his family. He told me I bought it. You know, it was a Bolex, but you know, it was twenty bucks. Who cares? Bolex. Bolex. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. He's like, is it just a genuine Rolex? I'm like, uh huh, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. All right, so Sawyer approaches some men outside of a gas station. He, you know, unrolls the velvet carrying case, and he's like, hey, you guys want to buy some necklaces? And, you know, they hesitate because, you know, they're like, well, you know, where'd you get them? And he's like, where'd you think? So he's obviously- Yeah, he doesn't try to deny. Yeah, yeah, he wants to act like they're stolen because then it makes it even more real that they're worth something and they're not fake. Right. Is that they were stolen, yeah. Yeah. So Sawyer's like, fine, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go somewhere else. And Cassidy approaches and she asks for the price. And he says, you know, $100 each. So she says, I'll take the $1,200 one and the $1,300 one. And she hands over a couple hundred bucks. Um, so now the men are like, well, you know, maybe I should reconsider. And they, they start buying jewelry from Sawyer for their wives. Um, one of them's like, they love their jewelry. Ugh. Um and then Sawyer and Cassidy share a little bit of a smile. Can you imagine them trying to pull this con today? Everyone uh, would be like, um, do, do, you, uh, "Do you? What's your cash app?" You know, like, yeah. <laughs> do you take Venmo do, do you or take, PayPal? Do you take Bitcoin? <laughs> yeah, around here they do speak. They used to sell speakers out of white vans. I don't know why. In yeah, Dallas, the gas station. Some guy would walk up and say, oh, "I got these great speakers. You know, they're fresh off the truck. Yeah, you stole them off the truck, but yeah, fresh, isn't that what that means? Fresh tracks. off the truck. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh boy. So we're back on the island. 
Yes. <laughs> Jack is taking Sun's pulse, which he tells Jen is strong. Um, Jen's holding her hand, and Jack tells him that she's going to be okay. So Kate is standing outside the tent and wants to know if Jack thinks the bump on her head is from someone hitting her. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> Such a stupid question. Um, so then <laughs> Kate's like, "It is. how well do you know Anna Lucia? And, you know, he doesn't say Real anything. Real well, so she baby. She just keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> and um, She's, a, she's, she's like, a filthy, filthy bitch. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, yeah, she just keeps going and she's, you know, echoing what Locke said earlier about the others promising to leave them alone. Um, and Jack wants to know who think, who she thinks did it, if not the others. And she says, like I said, how well do you know Anna Lucia? Um, they just kind of stare at each other for a minute and Jack walks away. So I think he's pretty offended by her train of thought. You think so? I, I wonder. I wonder if... Um, he was annoyed that Kate was, was seeing something sense. that, well, right. That Kate was seeing something that maybe he didn't. That was how yeah. I read it. That's where he how was I like, Oh shit, well. something is something going on in this camp. I don't know about. And yeah. and that like that, that pissed him off. That's always what pisses him off when he doesn't, when he or Locke are both the right. same way, when they don't have full control over something or something's outside their, their realm of like intake, they get, they get like snippy. And I yeah. think that's kind of what it pissed was. pissed off about the army. Yeah, exactly. Right. They're both like middle school girls sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So now we cut to Jack and Anna walking on the beach. She tells him that, you know, she got the big guy that lives behind Saeed uh, and Scott to join the army. Um, Scott. Yeah, Jack corrects her. <laughs> and he's like, Scott is dead. That's Steve. Which... <laughs> Like, how does Anna even know about the whole Scott Steve thing? They're just going to beat this joke yeah. until the end. Yes, they are. So, yeah. Anna says that after what happened to Sun this morning, people are more willing to join. So Jack questions, mm. you know, where were you during the rainstorm? Um, Topless and bathing. pooping. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, you think I had something to do with Sun getting grabbed? Um, and Claire runs over and she's like, Hey, son's awake. So he gets to the tent, finds her sitting up. Jack asks if she's dizzy and she tells him just a little. Um, he asks if she remembers anything and she probably sunstroke. Oh Oh, gosh. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Stroke. All right. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Come on guys. It's not like she's wearing the blue bikini. Oh, now I'm thinking about the blue bikini. Oh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Excuse me for two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So Sun tells Jack that, you know, the bag went over her head when it started raining and she didn't see anything. She doesn't know how many people were there. Um, She and Jen speak to each other in Korean a little bit. And she tells Jack that she fought and kicked as hard as she could. And then she ran and she fell. Um they argue a bit in Korean some more, but, and then this is where Jin turns to Jack and says, yeah. gun, gun, yep. gun. So Jin's going to take care of son. You so know? I want to, I want to figure yeah. out next, next time we see her wearing those white, white jeans. I want to, I want to take stock of how white they are because she ran, she's on her knees again in her garden, then gets attacked in the rain, goes running through the jungle and falls down in the mud. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe there's just... bleach on the plane. You know, someone yeah, bought some right. bleach. Yeah, exactly. Well, in the hatch, the though, they have a wash. Yes. they have a washing machine in the hatch. There might be bleach down there. Oh, that's right. There could be you know bleach mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I don't buy it. <laughs> so from a distance, Sawyer is watching. You know, all of this go down. Kate walks up and wants to know what's happening, and he says. Looks like the good folks of Island Town are about to form a posse. Get themselves armed up. <laughs> Anna and Kate have like a staring competition. Um, Kate suspects getting her hands on the guns has been Anna's game. Um, you know, the long game. And she tells Sawyer to go to the hatch and warn Locke. One of the other things Sawyer said after he called him a posse is that he said, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if Jack didn't find that horse of yours and start leading the charge in a big white hat. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's so great. Sawyer's got some great lines in this episode. Yeah, and Jack always does want to be the white hat guy, so. (laughs) Indeed. Um, Flashback number three, Cassidy is in the shower and Sawyer's brushing his teeth. And she's like, you know, what's our, what's the, what's next? What's our next con? He says, I'll teach you the pigeon drop. And she says, you know, we've already done that one and the Tulsa bag scam and the looky loo. Um, whatever the looky loo is. What if those are real scams? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Are. Probably. Yeah. So she wants to do a big con and he corrects her and he says a long con. A long. Giggity. Yeah. He says, but you know, if you're going to do a successful long con, you have to make it you know, you must get someone to ask you to do something like it's their idea. It's not their idea, but it's not their idea. It's your idea. Sorry, I got a little jumbled there. That's all right. Um, None of that matters, though, because, you know, you've got to have money and they don't have any money. And then she's like, well, I lied about not getting any money in the divorce. Um, And fucking idiot tells him that she has six hundred thousand dollars. Um, he's like, well, forget the con. Let's take the money and drink mojitos on an island until we go toe up. Hell yeah. 600,000 <laughs> is, is just not that much money. I'm, I mean, it's, no, it's, it's really that's a chunk. Anymore. On the it's right chunk, island but, it is. Yeah. You go to the yeah, South yeah. Pacific, <laughs> 600,000 is going to last you a long ass time. Yeah, it's not going to last you two people the rest of their lives, though. I mean, unless no. your life is really short. It's like, let's just drink ourselves to death. Maybe that's what he meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind possible. of what he said. It is sort of what he said, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's like drink drink mojitos on the island until we go toes up. Okay, there's a couple ways you can look at that. We're going to drink some, right. we're drink mojitos and we're going to enjoy our long life until we die. Or we're going to drink and do nothing else until we die. Yeah, yeah. suicide by mojito. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a thing on some islands. It could I, it be. must be. Yeah. So, but she's like, you know, no, for the first time in my life, I'm happy. You know, I'm having fun doing this with you. So I want to do a long con with you. Um, And he's like, well, I'll think about it. And she's like dragging him back into the bedroom. So she's having a good time with him. Hey, Ben. Yeah, babe? Got any special occasions coming up that you need a card for? Is this a trick question? No, it's an advertisement. 
Is this about barbcards.com again? They can go. So I suppose you're going to remind me that each handmade card is only $1.50. Mm-hmm. And they don't come with busy backgrounds or flowery poetry. You got it. Barbcards.com offers to-the-point communication within several different categories, including our favorite, Potty Mouth. And if you can't find what you want, barbcards.com can do customizations. Can I still get all of my cards for no more than $4 shipping, no matter the size of the order? You know it. Barbcards.com has got all you need. Hey, Ben. Oh, my God. What are we selling now? Merch. Our merch? Yes, sir. Shirts, coffee mugs, wine tumblers, bottle openers, stickers, magnets, and more. Your choice of product and your choice of Space Bear Media Graphic from any of our podcasts. Please tell me we're not making merch now, too. <laughs> of course not. We'll stick to podcasts and Pixis products will do the rest. Thank God. I bet you have more to say, though. Sure do. Pixis Products is a small business run by a local mom, well, local to us anyway, who needed something else to do besides being a snack bitch. A what? <laughs> a snack bitch, also known as a mom with a young child. There's still more, isn't there? Yepers! Pixis Products works with other small businesses for supplies, art, and other collaborations at every opportunity, including ours. In fact, Pixis Products even gave Space Bear Media our own storefront on their site. You can find us at shopspacebear.com. Say what? You heard me. Go to shopspacebear.com and buy something. Down in the hatch, look is locked. Look. Lock. Look. <laughs> look. Look and boo. The looky loo. The looky loo is a, is a con where Locke just pops up out of nowhere and steals their money. Lock yep. in the box. <laughs> he pops uh, out of whatever s- small yeah. container he's been hiding exactly. in. <laughs> but no, Locke is looking through a book called An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Um and Sawyer comes in and he apologizes for interrupting whatever it is that Locke is doing because there are books strewn all over a ping pong table. Um, and he's Locke says that he's alphabetizing. Hilarious. Says, oh, sure. Sun gets attacked in the jungle and you figure it's a good time to start the damn Dewey Decimal System. Dewey Decimal System. Good thinking. <laughs> Um, but you can see that Locke is actually looking through the pages of each book like there might be something hidden of in them. And also, how um, antiquated is the Dewey Decimal System? Like, you couldn't even say that on a TV show today because people wouldn't know. Like, the half yeah. of everyone younger than us probably <laughs> wouldn't know what the Dewey well, Decimal System is. When was the last time is. you've been in a library? I mean, oh, like for a public me, it was, library? Yeah. yeah, it was pre pandemic, but yeah. I used to go. I go every four years to vote or two years. What? <laughs> That's about it. Anyways, schools. Oh, in Washington, too, we but... we vote strictly by mail. You know, yeah. one of those liberal what? plots. <laughs> no. Even pre-pandemic. Oh, man. Not- House voted? Uh, I stuffed so many <laughs> fake ballots last time. Oh, man. yeah. It was, it was incredible. 
Yeah, yeah. I voted no, they for keep Biden. Fighting like, that here. In fact, in Texas, they're trying to make it harder to vote for people. Yeah, of course oh, yeah. they are, yeah. because they can't stand uh, anyone that's not a white man to have any fucking power. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Sawyer <laughs> tells Locke that he's here to warn him that Jack is on his way over to get the guns and he is not alone. Um, the, he says the whole camp is pretty shook up about what happened to Tokyo Rose. So <laughs> number I, one. Okay. You go number one. I'm and I have something this to is say. Your fun you, you go number one. Nope, and you just nope, told her to nope. piss herself. Nope. Okay. Tokyo yeah. Rose is not a, number two. Not <laughs> Tokyo <laughs> Rose is not a fun fact uh, at the end of the show, but I do have a couple things to say about it. So okay. Go ahead well, for, but, and then number two, she's Korean. Right. That's true. This Tokyo true. Rose doesn't fit. She's Korean. Okay, so not only does it not fit because you're thinking Tokyo equals Japan, but Tokyo Rose was an American. She was an American woman who was mm-hmm. living in Japan making propaganda uh, oh, again right. in, in World War II. But she and she was working with other like GIs. And so the Tokyo Rose propaganda they were being forced to make it by the by the Japanese, but the people who were making the propaganda, including Tokyo Rose, made it so over the top and so ridiculous in a in an attempt to sabotage the Japanese. And like they're, the Tokyo Rose, it's a whole awesome fucking story. But like the point is, she is neither Japanese nor Korean. Tokyo Rose was a white American woman. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I actually uh, did a little Wikipedia when I read Tokyo Rose. I was like, well, mm-hmm. you know, what is what is this referring to? Because I also didn't understand when he had called her Betty. Well, right. Yeah. Right. So, um, so Locke wants to know, you know, why Sawyer's telling him this. And Sawyer's like, because it'll piss off Jack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Sawyer tells Locke to change the combination. Uh, but Locke's like, no, you watch the timer and I'll move the guns. How long till they get here? And Sawyer replies, well, that ain't my problem, Hoss. It's yours. Hoss. <laughs> now, now, there's something that happens in here that, that I, I question, because Locke says to, to Sawyer that uh, if Jack wants to get in, he'll get in. Yeah. How? Mm-hmm. How exactly? If, if, yeah. he, if you're the only one with the combination, how the fuck is he going to do that? They, they I don't think he's concerned. No, I don't think he's concerned with with imagining every contingency. I think he's just convinced that Jack is just as determined as he is, and he will find a way to do it. Well, no time, no sense. time to con- yeah, no time to consider how he's like. I just I've got to get the guns out of here, which okay. of course we know in the end was the worst fucking idea. But well, I'm just thinking about it from Locke's perspective. If he really wants, you know, if, if there's this sort of power struggle going on, then he's he's granting jack power just by doing that he could commit to it and say no he will not get in and he could actually probably do that because there's only really one or two ways into that safe i don't know yep Mm. all right going Mm. into flashback number four sawyer is sitting at a table in a diner alone um and the waitress comes by with a familiar voice and she sets down a steak sandwich and two beers um, another man enters and goes up to the table and says, oh, shucks, you got a beer for me? So he's like, oh, order no. your own if you want one. So the man is a twat because he, yeah. or- 
He orders a beer, a plate, and a plate of chicken salad, white meat only with no celery. Which, like, what do you think? They're whipping it up from scratch when you ask that? No, fucker. That shit is made. It's got celery in it, and you're going to eat it. Fuck exactly. you. Um, but we hear from the waitress, that's how we make it here, darling. Um, darling. And it's revealed that the waitress is Kate's mom. Dun, dun, dun. What? Mm-hmm. So the what? man and Sawyer talk about how he's managed to con the entire 600K out of Cassidy. But Sawyer's like, no, I, you know, I can't steal her money. Um, because he's fallen in love with her. This guy is pissed. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's and real he's, mad. He's like, yeah, if she knew who you really were, she would hate you. Um, and he's he's pissed. Sawyer's pissed off. And he says, enjoy your chicken salad, Gordy. Um, Sawyer drops some money on the table for his bill and starts to walk away. And Gordy tells Sawyer that, you know, he'll put a bullet in both their ears if he doesn't get paid. Both so Gordy's serious, even though he has a ridiculous yep. name, and he yeah, doesn't Gordy. know how to properly order chicken salad. I know Gordy is the least threatening name I can think of. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, because it makes me think of a little skinny Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. So, in the hatch, the timer sounds, and Sawyer opens up his eyes. Um, he was apparently having a little nap. So he puts in the numbers as Jack and Jin show up and Jack is like, well, why are, why are you here? And so it's like one second. I'm like this close to the high score on Donkey Kong. <laughs> 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 Gotta be a smart ass. Oh, God, this whole scene is fucking hilarious. The way he's yes, just it is. To- yeah. toying with Jack. Yeah. Um, they ask Sawyer where Locke is and Sawyer's like, he went out to the store for a pack of smokes. Um, and Jack opens the vault and finds it empty. What? And he looks at Sawyer and he's like, Sawyer says, oh, it looks like we've got ourselves a break in. Who's going to call the cops? Oh, God, it's so funny to look at his face and Jack getting like Jack frustrated face. Oh, Jack, <laughs> so great. Jack frustrated and pissed face. Um, <laughs> he wants to know where the guns are. And Sawyer's like, I don't know. I was just here pushing the button. Oh my Jack god! Jack starts to lunge towards Sawyer, but Jin stops him. They so. just, during this thing, they do several slow zooms on Sawyer. Yeah, I don't know. Did you watch that? And each time, it was like the smoldering intensity thing. It just like pump, they uh-huh. cut away, they come back, they do it again. It was really, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like smoldering sarcasm, but yeah, more like smarmy intensity. Smarmy, yeah, absolutely, yeah. smarmy. So now it's nighttime on the beach. Locke is sitting near a fire and Jack runs up and demands to know where the guns are. You know, he's like, we had an agreement. And Locke says an agreement that you were about to violate. Uh, Point one for Locke. Not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, A crowd starts to form around them and Jack keeps asking Locke where the guns are. And Locke is pissed that Jack is willing to, you know, just hand out guns. And he asks, you know, how much time before there's another accident? Um, and Locke even says that he feels guilty for teaching Michael how to shoot because now he's run off and might be dead. So oh. Jack starts demanding guns. Locke tells him no. Jack demands guns again. And then we hear pop, pop, pop. Three bullets go off. Sawyer walks into camp. What? And Jack is like, you gave him the guns? 
to look on Locke's. No, I hid them, and you can see that Locke. The look on his face. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, wait a second. So Sawyer walks up and he decides to deliver a monologue. That's right, Jack. He's as stupid as you are. You were so busy worrying about each other, you never even saw me coming, did you? The look on Kate's face. Yes. yes, (laughs) She is like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, He's like, how about you listen up? Because I'm only going to say this once. Mm. You took my stuff while I was off trying to get us help, get us rescued. You found my stash. You took it and divvied it up. My shaving cream, my batteries, even my beer. And then something else happened. You decided these two boys here were going to tell you what to do and when to do it. Well, I'm done taking orders and I don't want my stuff back. The shaving cream don't matter. Batteries don't matter. The only thing that matters now are guns. And if you want one, you're going to have to come to me to get it. He looks over at Saeed and says, oh, you want to torture me, don't you? Show everybody how civilized you are. Go ahead, but I'll die before I give them back. And then you'll really be screwed, won't you? New sheriff in town, boys. Y'all best get used to it. I call total bullshit. I call total bullshit. This is a dumb, dumb, dumb fucking move. Yep. I don't know. Dumb Everybody move. thought like e- oh. is Sawyer the smartest guy. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, this this is this is the acme of stupidity. Like you have to sleep. You need other people's help on the island. You know th- this whole go it alone thing, especially trying to do it this way forcefully. It's just so dumb because all you do is yeah. fall asleep. Then somebody grabs you, and then then you get tortured. Yeah. yeah. But and is he they, going it alone? Yeah. They say, "Oh, are you really going to die for this? We can test that." Yeah. 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 I think it's just it's a really stupid idea. I think Sawyer just does not know how to he he doesn't well, he says as much at the end when he's talking to Charlie. It's like he just yeah. doesn't think that he can be any better than this. Yeah. This is just yeah. this is well. this is who he thinks he is and he doesn't know how not, how to be any other way. Yep. Yeah. So, flashback number 5. Um Cassidy is sitting at her kitchen table with a suitcase full of money. Sawyer walks in and he's looking really agitated. And then he confesses to her that outside in that black car is his partner, Gordy. And, you know, if I don't walk outside with this briefcase in the next few minutes, we're both dead. What's Gordy going to do? I was going to say, she said, Gordy? <laughs> I ain't afraid of no Gordy. I eat pieces of shit like Gordy for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> So she's clearly confused, and he tells her point blank, you were our mark. You're the long con. And she's like, oh, my God, get out. And she starts, like, punching him. Yeah, she's Yeah, because that was the only thing that was long with you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tootsie roll. It was cold. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he, he's like, you know, everything that happened between us over the last six months was real. And now Gordy's going to kill us. Because I refuse to steal your money. Uh-huh. Um, so he's moving the money from the suitcase to a duffel bag. He's like, go out back through Evan's yard. There's a rental car parked out front. Drive to Sioux City. Check into the Sageflower Motel. He hands her the duffel bag and tells her to wait in the hotel. Watch TV. I'll be there in the morning. She's like, well, mm-hmm. let me pack a few things. And he's like, no, you have to leave now. And they both say I love you to each other as she leaves out the back door. On the island, 
Sawyer is polishing a gun and Kate comes up and she's like, how did you, you know, how did you find where Locke hid the guns? And he says, a magician never tells his secrets. God. Well, now she's, you know, wised up and she accuses him of playing her. She's like, you know, you knew that I would go to Jack, you know, and ask you to go to Locke. And he says, now, how in the world would I know that? So he's still denying that he had anything to do with the attack on Sun. And Kate is just yelling at him. And she's like, why do you have to do this? And he's like, you run, I con. Tiger don't change their stripes. Mm-hmm. So now we have Hurley sitting by the fire and he's reading a book called Bad Twin by Gary Troop. I um, have this book. I have this book and I have also read this book. Uh, this book was published, quote unquote, posthumously after the author died on Flight 815. And it is published under the name Gary Troop with the idea that this person died on Oceanic 815. It's just part of the lost lore. Oh, okay. I feel like I might have read it too, but I also have a terrible memory and it was a long time ago. So I don't know. Um, But anyway, it's, it's a manuscript uh, that, you know, Hurley had found in a suitcase um, and Saeed's like, no, no, uh, he doesn't care about the manuscript. He shows Hurley that he's fixed the, the radio. Hurley gets excited. Um, and Saeed's like, you know, don't get your hopes up too high. So they, they turn on the radio and they get static. Um, and then he keeps turning the dial and they briefly hear Danielle's signal. And then another signal comes in and they hear, that was the old classic. Just a sitting and a rockin' by Duke Ellington and his orchestra featuring Cootie Williams on the trumpet. Up next on WX, yeah. Up next on WXR, the you gotta say it like this, like the old timey, like like. Up Up next next on on WXR, WXR, the Glenn Glenn Miller 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 Orchestra with Moonlight Serenade. The Glenn Miller Orchestra. Oyster. Oyster. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Which I I absolutely love this song so much. Um, So Hurley's excited. Where is this coming from? Yeah, Hurley's excited because it's coming in clear. And Saeed's like, you know, it could be a thousand miles away. The way the radio waves bounce. Bouncing off the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. so he's like, you know, it could be coming from anywhere. And Hurley says, or any time. Excuse what? me? Excuse- and what? then he goes, just kidding, dude. And they sit there listening to this beautiful song. Foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the jungle and Sawyer meets up with Charlie. They discuss how Locke never saw Charlie following him because he was too obsessed with the guns. And a hobbit. Sawyer offers Charlie one of the statues as payment, but Charlie declines. You know, he's like, I did it because I wanted to make Locke look like like a fool. And then he says, Mm. son can never find out what I did to her. What? Yeah. So then he asks Sawyer, how could he even think of such a plan? So back to the exact moment where Sawyer was saying goodbye to Cassidy. She's leaving out the back door. He walks out the front door, gets into the car's passenger seat. We can see that there's no driver. And Sawyer counts one sugar plum fairy. Two sugar plum. (laughs) 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 (la
Mississippi. Oh my god. Sugar Plum Fairy. I just really wish that he was counting in Sugar Plum Fairies. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, so he counts to five Mississippis. Um, and then he gets back out of the car, goes back into the house, and he pulls out the actual duffel bag filled with money from under the table. Bastard. Yeah. On his way mm. out the house, he picks up a photo of him and Cassidy together, and he stares at it for a minute, and then he puts it face down. Mm. Back on the island, he just says to Charlie, I'm not a good person, Charlie. Never did a good thing in my life. And Charlie walks away. Lost title screen, end of the episode. But Lacey <sighs> loves Charlie. I do love Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't love Charlie in this episode. No, I don't either. I love Charlie overall in the overall show. I love yes. Sawyer as well. He's a pretty big shit right now. He kind of mm, redeems yeah. himself as well. Anywho, Actually, I like Sawyer better than Charlie, but... Yeah, I mean, this is fucking bad. What, last week he's yeah. kidnapping babies, and now he's kidnapping son. So, yeah, not good. Yeah. Um, It's also really sad that that's what Sawyer thinks of himself. Yeah. So... Would you like some fun facts? Yes, please. Okay. Um, This episode begins uh, a Lost in My 40s literary series. Uh, At least the next four episodes are about works of literature found in the show. Could be more than that, but I only have the next four prepared. And I found it coincidental. I went through and I did all of them and then realized, oh, wow, I picked out literature. So this week... We're going to talk about an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. So, an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge is a short story by the American writer and Civil War veteran Ambrose Bierce. It uh, was written in 1890, originally published by the San Francisco Examiner in July of that year. And the story is set in the Civil War. And here is the crux of the story. It's known for its irregular time sequence and twist ending. Bierce's abandonment of strict linear narration in favor of the internal mind of the protagonist is an early example of what's called stream of consciousness narrative mode. And it's a method that attempts to depict the multitudinous thoughts and feelings which pass through the mind of the narrator. Author Kurt Vonnegut wrote in 2005, I consider anybody a twerp who hasn't read the greatest American short story, which is An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge by Ambrose Bierce. It isn't remotely political. It is a flawless example of American genius. So, before I tell you about the story, there are several film adaptations of the book made in the U.S., the U.K., and France, dating back from the 1960s to the most recent version called The Exit Room, out in 2013, which was a short film um, 
viewed at the Tribeca Film Festival, oh. where the American oh. character wow. is updated, or excuse me, where the main character is updated instead of um, uh, an American in the Civil War. They are an imprisoned journalist in a fictional American future. Uh the work was once brought to life on radio in 1956 with Vincent Price as the lead character. Ooh. Yeah. So, a few notable inspired works uh, before I spoil the story to all of them and tell you <laughs> what the story is about. Uh, 2005 film called Stay with Ewan McGregor, Naomi Watts, Ryan Gosling. 2003 film Identity with John Cusack, oh. Ray Liotta, and Amanda Peet. Bon Jovi once told the story in the background of their 1990 hmm. Dying Ain't Much of a Living video. Uh, one episode of Black Mirror, one of the best shows to come out of the UK, is an episode titled Playtest, uh, which tells this story. And there is also a 2010 episode of American Dad titled An Incident at Owl Creek. Uh, which also tells the story. So here's the plot. Peyton Farquhar is a civilian who is also a wealthy wealthy planter and a slave owner. He, as the story starts, he's being prepared for execution by hanging from an Alabama railroad bridge during the American Civil War. Six military men and a com company of infantrymen are present. They're guarding the bridge to carry out the sentence. Farquhar is thinking of his wife and children and is then distracted by a noise that to him sounds like an unbearably loud clanging. It's actually the ticking of his watch. He considers the possibility of jumping off the bridge and swimming to safety if he can free his tied hands, but the soldiers drop him from the bridge before he can act on that idea. There's then a flashback. Farquhar and his wife are relaxing at home when a soldier rides up to the gate. Farquhar, who is a supporter of the Confederacy, learns from him that Union troops have seized the Owl Creek Railroad Bridge and repaired it. The soldier suggests that Farquhar might be able to burn the bridge down if he can slip past the guards. He leaves, but doubles back after nightfall to return north the way he came. The soldier was actually a disguised Union scout who lured Farquhar into the trap at the bridge where he could be hanged. So the story then pops back into the present right at the same moment where he is dropping from the bridge. The rope around Farquhar's neck breaks. He falls from the bridge into the creek, frees his hands, pulls the noose away, rises to the surface to begin his escape. He, his senses now he feels are greatly sharpened. So he drives, or excuse me, he dives down, swims downstream to avoid rifle fire, cannon fire. Once he's out of range, he leaves the creek and begins his journey home. Travels 30 miles, walks all day and night through seemingly endless forest. And at the night, he begins to hallucinate. And he's hearing, seeing and hearing things. He's, you know, struggling, obviously. Uh, travels a little bit further. He's All he can think about is his wife and his children. Despite the pain that he's in, he arrives at his home the next morning and he's at finds himself at the gate of his plantation. He rushes to embrace him, his wife, but before he can do so, he feels a heavy blow upon the back of his neck. There's a loud noise, a flash of white, and then everything is darkness and silence. And it's then revealed that Farquhar never escaped and the entire second section 
of the story, his entire journey home was a fantasy and his neck snaps and he dies. I seem to remember seeing an adaptation of that in school at some point. Possibly. Like I said, I only picked a few out. It's been done a, a bazillion times. But the point and the thing, the things that I think are really important to point out, considering where where this book was found and who was yep. reading it, um, is, you know, the, the way that the book plays with time and the way that cool. the book, uh, yeah. the story tricks the reader. You, you don't actually know what's happening while you're reading it until the end. And I just thought that that was kind of a, a beautiful homage to essentially what they're doing with this show as well. And uh, that's the story of an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge. Nice. What do you think? I thought sure. so. Um, yeah, like I said, as like as you were <clears throat> talking about it, I'm like, this is very familiar. And then I, mm-hmm. I remember watching it at some point in school. I don't know if it was elementary, oh, may middle, have been or teaching, high school, but yeah. It, yeah, and they may have been teaching the the short story, obviously. Um, Maybe. Alrighty. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> How about <laughs> let's pay attention to best and worst moments. Uh, ben, what, what, what's yours? What do you got? Uh, the be- best moment was just when uh, when Hurley comes up on, uh, on Saeed. And he t- t- ask him if he if he's going to put the lime in the <laughs> coconut and drink them on up. Um, worst moment. Good. Well, I mean, worst moment is when Ch- when Charlie Nab's son. Like it's pretty bad, and it's also kind of dumb because it's like he's not a, exactly a big guy, and it's not like he's really going to be able to like pick her up and carry her while she's kicking. I'm like, yeah, I, that that whole thing was sort of kind of bullshit. But yeah, the fact that he did that is just like, wow, I didn't like Charlie before, but man. Fuck that guy. Yeah. 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 That's tough. That sucks. I, it's disappointing. That's where Charlie uh, decided to go. But I do understand his motivation. He was really pissed at Locke. I don't know why his son has to suffer for that, though. That's inappropriate. Yeah. Um, Christy, what were your best and, and worst? Um, my best moment was Hurley and Said as well, but it was them sitting on the beach and listening to Moonlight Serenade. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and my worst moment was also very similar to Ben's um it was finding out that Charlie was the one who had hit son for me instead of him actually doing it it was finding out that he was the one that did it Mm -hmm. my best moment I thought uh was Sawyer saying that Locke went out for to grab a pack of smokes it just made me laugh so (laughs) hard so ridiculous (laughs) <laughs> uh, so I love that. And and my mor- worst moment, I, I understand what Charlie did. But for me, it was Sawyer cheating his love. Like, he, he did actually seem to be in love with her. And he just couldn't bring himself to take her Sawyer. with him. Yeah, to not rip her off. And it's just a sad moment. It's sad for Sawyer. And then clearly he's not. He hasn't managed to get over that yet because he's still behaving that way on the island. It's just sad. Never did a good thing in my life. Yeah. So, Derek, how about you? Where were, where were you best and worst? Uh, mine were the same as Christie's. My best moment was when Hurley gave Saeed the radio and they start listening to that old radio station. And the worst was finding out that Charlie was the one who attacked Jin. Son. Mm-hmm. Son. Son. <laughs> <laughs> Jin whipped his ass. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, what, what about back your back to the Shire? <laughs> what about your best and worst characters, Derek? Just keep going. Uh, my my best character was Hurley. I just thought he was funny. You know, you know the the scenes with Saeed, especially in the beginning with the coconuts. And um, my worst was, of course, Sawyer, just because he was just a real piece of shit in this episode. And Charlie was my second worst, just because you know what he did to Son. Mm-hmm. I just think, as you know, Sawyer was the ringleader. He's worse. Oh, that's true. Um, you could see it that way. Yeah. What about your fucking your kill? Um, I'm gonna fuck Cassidy. Mm-hmm. You know, because she you know looked real good, and I'm gonna kill Charlie. Okay. Uh, ben, what what are your uh, rankings this week? Pretty similar, actually. Um, Hurley was my best. Saeed in second. I like to see him back on the back on the hobby horse. You know, <laughs> playing around with electronics, being useful, being useful again. He's not just you know shucking coconuts at this point. Um, yep. And then third best was Locke. Uh, for worst, I mean, Sawyer was the worst. Charlie, second worst. I didn't have a third because I thought they everyone else paled in comparison to them. And I didn't really feel like grabbing someone like Gordy because, you know, that guy doesn't even need to be in the rankings at all. Um, <laughs> I'm going to fuck Cassidy because I've always had a crush on Kim Dickens. I think she's great. Um, yeah. And uh, she's, just got, she's got a great mouth. You know, mm-hmm. She's got a great voice. Mm-hmm. She does very, have very a great sexy voice. voice. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to throw Charlie off the, the bridge at Owl Creek. Nice. <laughs> yep. uh, Christy, how about you? So mine are wildly different than the rest of you guys. Um, my top three are Sun, Jin, and Vincent. Oh, Just okay. I, I had a hard time finding... Yeah. A top three this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my bottom three are Sawyer, Jack, and Locke. Um, oh. The whole Can you Jack, explain and Locke, Jack and Locke. My dick is bigger than yours. Bullshit. Is it? I don't care for it. Um, <laughs> I can imagine I Locke your, is your my favorite scene worst. in this. Just because yeah. you're such a yeah. Yeah. bitch. Huh. All right. I imagine the fa- your favorite scene would be, uh, Christy, your favorite scene would be like Locke and Jack fighting with each other with Anna Lucia just going, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. In hot oil. Uh-oh. <laughs> hot oil death match. That's going to uh, make Lacey wet. Yep. Um, yeah. Juicy over so here. Moving on to fuck and kill. I'm going to mm-hmm. have a fuck with Cassidy and Sawyer. Just let me get right in. Right that's in there. me too this week. <laughs> Yeah, um, big surprise. And, and I, I had to put <laughs> shock there. I had to put Sawyer. Sawyer was number one worse, and then I had to put Jack and Locke there because they were both like the same level of worse. So I'm going to okay. kill Charlie. Yeah, since I could okay. fit him into my bottom three, he's definitely in the kill slot. He's yeah, very so, small too, so you think he would fit in there? But oh my yeah, god, just so slide him on in there. Mine, mine. Uh, I have some similarities to yours, Christy. My best characters: uh, Hurley, Saeed, Jack. Hurley, because lime in the coconut, that was the best. Saeed, working working hard, post-Shannon. And then trusty yeah. Dr. Bronze. He's always trying to do the right thing, even if he's fucking obnoxious about it. Worst characters, I had Sawyer, Cassidy, and Kate. Here's Cassidy. why. Um, Sawyer, obvious reasons. But Cassidy, because... Who just like fucking decides to up and randomly be a criminal one day? I don't get that. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. And Charlie did. He assaulted um <sighs> I guess. Yeah, but Kate, true. and then Kate let herself be manip- manipulated by Sawyer. 
And I think she should have been smarter than that. And so I got mad at her. Uh, I'm having a greased up hot oil deathmatch sex fest with Sawyer and Cassidy. And I also killed Charlie because he wasn't nice. in my bottom oh, three, okay. but he, he deserves to be yeah. killed this week. So he, he, uh, Charlie was summarily faves, executed this week by us. <laughs> two yeah. of my faves, Charlie and Kate, I had in the bottom. Um, Benjamin, why don't you update us? I will update us. Yeah, I mean, really not a whole lot of movement here because a lot of the characters who were, who were you know, where they are, we're not even in this episode. Mr. Echo, one, hasn't moved, but still way ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still got Locke in second place. Um, he's got 62 points, barely moved at all. Um, and then in third place, it looks like we have Hurley emerging oh. into, into hey the now. league. Yeah, it's yeah. about time Hurley's floating around yeah, the, the top of the ranks. Be up there. I mean, he was sitting I, I there agree. for a little bit this season. He and Helen were there, but I, I yeah, I'd, I'd like to keep him toward the top. <laughs> uh, you yeah. want him on top? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so the bottom of the barrel, Charlie has has dropped and he's he dropped is down. Off a cliff. He's, he's got a commanding lead uh, of the of the yeah. shit pile. Charlie's he's the at new a Shannon. 50, 50, he <laughs> is. Yep. He is the new 59 negative points. Uh, behind him, we have, surprise, surprise, Randy. Randy. Nations. And in third place, we still have Mr. Koopa. I don't know why yeah. I keep saying it like that. I don't either, <laughs> but that's okay. I just like saying Mr. Koopa. Oh, boy. All right. I'm going to start with my final impressions today. It was awesome to see Joni Stubbs. I'm glad it's it's not the last time we see her in the show, uh, but it, it'll be a little while before we see her again. But uh, it's awesome, great actress. I love that they cast her in this Everyone, role. Everyone, everybody just needs some dickens. That's all I'm okay. saying. That's right. Uh, super sad that Sawyer is the bad guy again. I think he made a terrible fucking choice, uh, but I get it. You know, we need the conflict on the island and in the camp and... Sawyer's there to provide that, I guess. I think it was a well-written episode, the way that it showed us, while explaining the long con, they were long conning us, the audience, along with uh, Mm -hmm. Kim Dickens, Cassidy, Joni, whatever her name is. Um, And I, I, (laughs) I do have down here in my notes, God, I don't remember Charlie being this awful. Uh, I, I, I do recollect, you know, I, Overall, Charlie is one of my favorite characters, but I think I had kind of forgotten or maybe blocked out the fact that he kidnapped Son. Uh, But I do feel like overall, this is a pretty good episode. We have some power shifts here and there. You're seeing the struggles around camp. And um, yeah, I liked it. I think it was a better, one of the better Sawyer episodes, actually. Cool. Um, What about you, Christy? I liked it a lot um, for a lot of the same reasons. The whole, you know, fact that it was a long con episode in more ways than one. Um, yeah. It was very, very cleverly written, you yeah. know, because the whole time we have no idea. And then at the end, it's like, boom, mic drop. Um, I kept so thinking, yeah. like I said earlier, I kept thinking the mic drop was going to be in the flashback and she was like going to be a cop or something. But the the mic drop was on the island and yeah, didn't see it coming. Yeah. And I, I remembered the whole, the whole interaction between uh, Sawyer and Cassidy. Once Cassidy was in this episode, I was like, oh, I remember what happens in the flashbacks. 
mm-hmm. but I had forgotten completely what had happened on the island in this episode. Uh, so okay. I did still get, you know, the surprise twist at the end. Right. Uh, Benjamin, how do you feel about the long con? I did not like this episode one bit. Um, I, I appreciate the the sort of, you know, weaving the the long con in the, in the uh, kind of historical tense with the, with what was happening on the island. Um, but at the same time, I think the... First of all, the entire idea of Charlie just saying, hey, I, I'm going to go I'm going to go beat a woman over the head and drag her off so that I can get back at Locke. I, yeah, it's bad plan. Yeah. It's it's fucking ridiculous. Like he, that that is not something you would do. That's not something that anybody who wasn't going to be put down like a fucking dog would be done would do. On that I don't know. Like, I, it's I, just, I feel like it's he's in a dark top. place right now. Yeah, I, I, get, I get that. I get that. It's over <laughs> the top. But like you have to consider what Charlie is gone through and like he's just he doesn't he's not handling he has no control over what was happening in in his last episode and his losing his memory and acting like a fool and that's completely out of control now he's losing his connection with claire and that's completely out of control and like in his brain the only thing that he could control was like this jab at Locke, and it's a stupid fucking idea but i think as far as it not making sense i can I can see it. I can see how he got there. It's just well, unfortunate. I, I think it's ridiculous. And I, it's one <laughs> of those things where I, I feel like it was, it was injected. Th- and, and same thing with Sawyer at this point, like him coming back. Oh, I'm the sheriff. Of, you know, all that stuff about him, <laughs> him doing this. It is completely over the fucking top. And I feel like what was happening was they were at a point in the show where they're like, Hey, we need a little more intrigue before we, before we start to dive into the next series of, of, uh, you know, uh, characters and all those kind of arcs that happen. I felt like they were in sort of a, a, a quagmire right here and they were trying to spice things up. I think they went too far. I think both of these storylines were, were kind of dumb. Um, okay. I, I mean, I appreciated, uh, you know, it's a Sawyer episode. So you got a lot of him, him and hawing and doing all his fun, you know, uh, clever <gasps> things, but all in all, um, other than then Kim Dickens being in this episode, I really didn't like it. Okay. I think that at the end of Sawyer's monologue, when he was like, there's a new sheriff in town, he really should have put the um, the marshals badge. badge. Uh, yeah, badge. He, he should have put the yeah. marshals badge on his shirt and been like, "There's new sheriff in town." So that Oscar P. Coltrane. Yep. And his dog Oh my god. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, Derek. Why don't you tell us what were your final impressions and what lasting questions do you have from this week? Yeah, it was an okay episode. I mean, we do learn more about Sawyer conning people out of money, you know, before, you know, he was on the island and he ends up conning this, you know, them out of their guns. And, you know, Charlie was in on it and, you know, assaulted son, which is a completely douchebag move, you know, just to, like Ben said, just to piss off Locke. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think it really moved the plot along that much other than moving the guns from the hatch over to Sawyer. Yeah. But my biggest question is. Where or when is that radio station broadcasting from? Oh, you picked up that yeah. when, it's did like, you? It's like really like old music, you know, uh-huh. and it sounded, you know. All right, Derek. Let me tell you that that kind of stuff is going to be answered a little ways down the road. Not next week, but next week. It's going to be season two, episode 14. It is called One of Them. It's a Saeed episode. It's a Ben episode. 
And we meet one of the most prolific characters of the entire show, Mr. Henry Gale. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Say bye, Ben. <laughs> bye. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Lost in My 40s is a Space Bear Media production. Executive produced and edited by me, Lacey J. Sound engineering, editing, and original music by Benjamin Trim. Like and follow Lost in My 40s on Facebook to interact with your hosts. Plus, follow Space Bear Media on YouTube to watch our episode pre-shows. You can also find us at SpaceBear underscore media on Instagram and Twitter. Or... Come to our website, spacebearmedia.com.